is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. Phoenix Down episode 102.5. And we are continuing our playthrough of Lost Odyssey. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. Yeah, point five. So we're six episodes into this game. And I'm only 26 yeah, hours are. into this game. How, how far? 26 hours. Yeah, I'm... A little more. I'm more like 32. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I do feel like the game has slowed down a bit. Uh, I mean, I guess things are still happening, so it's not really like it's slowed down. Maybe it's just the, the newness is worn off a little bit. Sure. Right? So it's a little bit more of the, all right, I know it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of dungeons here, and there's some interspersed with some city areas, and... I guess I'm interested to see where it goes, but maybe a little bit less anticipating surprises around every corner right. at this point in the game. Yeah. But uh, we left off with the party splitting partially with you, right? Yep. I, you know, I, I was in the city uh, in Gotha and had spoken Split to the king the party and the and I was just about I was basically at that point where everybody was on the train and I just had to get uh Kaim and Sarah back to the train station and right. then everybody was off on the on their way yeah then they then the party split majorly yep so basically um uh cook and mac uh both decide to hijack a <laughs> a train and head off into the the aurora borealis and uh because they want to talk to their mom uh and when kaim finds out about this and sarah does they're like oh my god we have to go get those kids <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to split off from the party the rest of the group um uh, ming and um ming jansen and uh, Seth stay in Goza to do the the lands meet, if you yep. will. And um, Kaim and Sarah also hijack a train <laughs> and uh, head off to uh, to try and find Cook and Mac. So during this time we are splitting not only the party but also splitting the storytelling because it shows multiple sides of everything and I don't particularly know where to start should we stick with just what happens at the meeting for now yeah I, I think so because my whole excitement over Cook and Mac's desire to meet their mother. I don't know that that whole thing just kind of fizzles here. So I would say that the most important of these storylines certainly is uh, is is the meeting. Yeah, I I should I should say to add to what you just said, the whole Cook and Mac going to find their mother thing is boring and dumb, and I don't want it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say I 100% I agree. I don't mind that that's their kind of motivation, but 
not to skip ahead, but this whole event of splitting the parties here is precipitated by them jumping on this plane and going to find a way to communicate with their mother. Again, it didn't work the first time. And what what happens here? They they try, they get on this train, they head towards the Aurora, and then what? Nothing. It If something were to have come of that, then I don't think I would have had any problem with it because, all right, you know, this is clearly what they want to do, and now they've made a bold decision, stolen a train, took, taken off to the west, or and you know, and, and, and accomplished their little mini mission. And sure, I'd be okay with that. But the fact that the fact that nothing comes of it, they they could have just done anything. It was it, it seems like it was only a way to separate the group and not something that they had to do that because of that separated the group. It feels like it was you know, gameplay first rather than story first. So we call that in the especially in the story movie movie industry, a MacGuffin. Yep. It is a MacGuffin to make the party split. Because what happens when the party splits is slightly interesting and we get to see how everybody is affected by that if the, the thing that happens, the event. Uh and I get I get I get why they did it. I don't like why they did it. Um, but, uh, all right. So, mm, we'll let's just go ahead and we'll throw it out there. Kaim and Sarah, they go off to find Cook and Mac, their grandchildren. They are on a train and speeding to catch up to the other train. Um, the uh, train essentially fights back. <laughs> <laughs> they, we have to fight a tr- another train. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many trains are on these tracks, but there's at least five. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, uh, Kaim and Sarah will catch up to the train that Cook and Mac are on. Now, I say that because we will come back to that after the event that takes place. So, the meeting, which is happening on a train, no less, uh, between the King of Goza, the Queen of Numara, and the King of Ura. Reinstated king. Yeah, the reinstated king of Ura. Tolton is there as well. And they are here to talk about a few things. Particularly, we don't want war. So it seems like everybody in this meeting really doesn't want to go to war. But Goza and Ura are both, we don't want to go to war, but we friggin' will. That kind of thing. Uh, of course, Tolton is still being influenced by Gongora at this point. Um, but uh, Gongora pulls a fast one on everybody. Um, Gongora, in fact, is still seeing through the eyes of Tolton using yep. his magical lenses. Yeah, they've gotten rid of one set of them in Jansen, but you know, th- th- who knows how many more sets are out there? Exactly. And Gongora can actually speak 
into Tolton's ear at this point because he tells him to say something at some point. Uh, and what basically ends up happening is, is that everybody is talking about um, there's this big issue with grand staff. There's actually multiple grand staffs at this point, and we really need to probably deconstruct those. At least that's what Ming is suggesting. Uh, and the reason why is because all this magical energy is obviously doing something to this planet, this country. Also, who constructed them? Gangora. Well, we have full evidence that Gangora is really trying to pull the strings here and is straight up betraying King Tolton. Of course, Tolton's taken back. Oh my God. What? <laughs> I, I've been had? How could I have not seen this? To which the entire audience says, yeah, how, how, how could you not see that? But anyway... So, um, but uh, as they are taking a break, I guess, during the meeting, Tolton and Goatsa's king, what is his name? It was a funny name. Ah, oh, crap, what is his name? Mars? Mars. They have a little secret powwow. And uh, I, I'm guessing under the, the guise of of Gongora, Tolton offers to give them the the blueprints as well as the uh, support of magical energy to Gotsa if they combine forces. And they yeah, it's kind of like this arms race where they say, you know, we can maintain peace by everybody having this power. Yeah, if everybody Whereas Ming has wants it, the opposite. Yeah, nobody should have the power. Well, the thing is, they have this discussion without Ming being present, so it's kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a surprise to her whenever they're like, "Yeah, we've reached an agreement. Uh, we're going to share our schematics, and." Um, I think everybody's going to be okay. We're, you know, everybody's powerful. Everybody's got this wonderful magical energy uh, that we, we, is probably killing the planet. What we don't know. And uh, yeah, I think it, I think it'll work out for all of us. To which, of course, means like, uh, hell no. We were <laughs> discussing dismantling the grand staff, and now you're just saying uh, we're going to build more of them. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, uh, that takes Ming by surprise. Meanwhile, while this is going on, back in Ura, uh, since the king is away, the, the jester will come out and play. Gongora comes out and, uh, jumps up on the little jumbotron and announces to all of Ura, long live the king, the king is dead. He was killed by during this meeting in Gotsa by these Gotsa extremists, and now they're I, setting their sights on us. 
I do like all of the little Gongora-isms that we get over the next few cutscenes. You know, his, like, ridiculous smirks and laughs and... Raised eyebrows. Raised eyebrows, yeah. He's not a subtle man, that Gongora. To which, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, how do the people of this city or this country not see this guy and be like, this motherfucker's lying. (laughs) It's just like, like, this guy's evil. Yeah, especially when he's giving that speech because he's like, oh, it's so sad that he's gone, but I'm going to claim the power, but I'll do it for the people. You know, it's just this, like, tonality was back and forth of, like, apologetic and then, you know, strong and I'm, I'm going to take over and I'm doing this for you. It was so weird tonally, that speech. Yeah. I You know, I, it's... um. It was an interesting little cutscene, but the big thing is is that he has now self-proclaimed himself as king or emperor or whatever, ruler of Ura, and the first order of business <laughs> is we going to prepare ourselves to take out Goza. After his little vampiric uh, procedure. This is all right. So wait a minute. This happens. That happens after. Yeah. This the, what, yeah, okay. what we're talking about now is, happens before. So, so the first thing is he moves Grand Staff. Yeah. So during this little speech, Grand Staff lifts up off of the ground. Now, mind you, this is a gigantic tower. Lifts off the ground and flies to the capital of Ura. And. Just sits right there in the main, like I guess, castle area. I don't know, fortress. Uh, and this is now going to become his kind of like his little hub, his central station. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm bringing the grand staff here, and we're gonna get ready because either Goats is gonna attack us or we're gonna take them out, whichever comes first. At that point. He he then starts naming stuff. He starts he starts doing stuff. So the first thing he does is launch a magical attack. Uh, the magical attack comes in different varieties, but mainly ice. Yeah. So uh, he begins to attack Goza with ice. Um these weird, very powerful spells that are basically emitted from Grand Staff um, that basically freeze the majority of Goza. Yeah, because he's got his acolytes helping him. Yeah. So, uh, so, all right, when, when this attack happens, we get to see from all the different party members, depending on where they are, um, this happening essentially. So you got Seth, Ming, and Jansen on the train with the king and the two kings, and it gets hit. Uh, ice shards come in, and every time it touches something, it freezes it. And uh, while this is going on, um, Tolton's like, I've got to get out of here. So it was right before this part when he like charged up with those mages, right? And he basically said, you know, prove your allegiance to me and let me kill you. 
To who? To his six, like, his six wizards, his six acolyte mages. I thought that was a strange scene where he's like, prove to me how that you, you take me as your leader and I'm going to kill you and I need you not to, you know, I want you to just be okay with it. Right, right, right. And, right. and he kills all of them except the last one who who basically says, no, you know, show, show mercy, don't don't kill me. How does this prove our, our loyalty to you? And so he actually kills that one, and the other ones he brings back from the dead, I assume even more powerful than they were. Yeah, he uses like necromancy to bring all of them back to life, including the one that t- that defied him, and then he just evaporates him into thin air. <laughs> it's, like, it's just nothing, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's horrible. And now, and now he's built up this like power base, and he can execute this massive attack all over the world, basically. Yeah. Ice meteor showers. Yeah. So, uh, the party that is currently in the train with the kings, Tolton, uh, when the when the train starts getting hit, Tolton freaks out because he's a, a pretty big coward. He talks to one of his his mages and is like, "Can you get me out of here right now?" And they're like, "All right, sure." So he starts casting a spell. Uh, Seth is like, oh no, you don't. You're not going anywhere, boss. <laughs> Jumps at him, and Tolton and Seth get teleported. Um, Ming and uh, Jansen are still on the train. What happens to the Goatson King? Does he die here? We don't see what happens to him, right? Yeah, I th- I thought he got frozen. Did he get frozen? I thought so. Okay. Well, he may not actually be dead. You, you know, you, they may just break the curse and you know, they come yeah. back to life. I don't know. But um, he gets frozen. Uh, Ming throws up a, a magical barrier uh, that uh, stops the freeze from hitting uh, Jansen and Ming. Uh, Jansen has a little moment with her. Um, cut to... Kaim and Sarah, at this point, they have now reached the other train that Cook and Mac are on. Uh, They see that Cook and Mac are holding up a magical barrier as well. Uh, They can't hold it for long because they're just children. Sarah takes over. Kaim is trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Everything's starting to get frozen. Sarah makes the executive decision. I'm going to save my children or my grandchildren. And she uses her magical energy to cut the train car in half, leaving the children um, behind and having Kaim and Sarah being projected forward, continuing down the track. Now, I don't know why she did this. Wait, I know why. Because Gungora was attacking Kaim and Sarah. Yeah, and also there was there was that giant ice crystal headed on the track towards the train. Yes, yes. So yeah, they were they were getting hit deliberately by Gungora himself, um, who sent this. I don't know what it was. Like a, it was like a weird explosion thing. 
Yeah. And it was hurting. It was hurting both Kaim and Sarah and Kaim even mentioned. He's like, I don't know if I'll survive this. And they're like, well, you're immortal. He's like, yeah, this is different though. Um, so that's why they make the decision to, to cut the train. So that way the, the cook and max part of the train stops. The rest of it continues going. And, um, now the party is separated even more. Where do I start now? Who should I start with now? I would say let's start with Tolton and Seth. Yeah. So, because uh, now we have Tolton as part of our party. Yes. So Tolton and Seth get transported back to Ura. Um, and. Man, Gongora doesn't waste any time. He's got posters of himself everywhere. I'm I'm just like, wow, this is like, didn't this happen like legit 15 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, minutes ago, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, unfortunately, uh, Seth is a a wanted woman, and now Tolton is because everybody's like Tolton, you're dead. This is some kind of imposter trying to play off like he's the king. Get him. So we have to stick to the back alleys. And then eventually the sewers. Uh, But we are trying to... I don't know exactly what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I mean, I think you were just trying to escape, but you do overhear a transmission at one point that... Or you see a transmission, I think, that... They were going to publicly execute some criminals, and that's where she sees said. said. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, well, I don't care what we were going to do. We need to save him. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's Jumbotron pops up. Gongora's like, oh, we're going to publicly execute these people. They're going to be sacrifices so that they can go into the power of the Grand Staff, make me even more powerful. Um, and then she sees that said is there, which is her son. Um, and she's like, nope, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go get him. So that's the next thing we do. We chase after, uh, said at this public execution. So obviously we got to get all the way up there close to Gungora because he's, he's straight up there. And, um, this is like a, I would call it a dungeon, I guess, because there's random battles everywhere, but it's, even though it's a city that you're in. Yeah. Yeah, I'd call it a dungeon. Because um, you need to get Tolton's level up a bit here. He was pretty weak at first. Yeah, and Tolton has some abilities that Seth can learn that are really good. Yeah, persistence. Yeah, persistence. He has the auto counter against magic, the auto counter against physical attacks. He's got some good stuff. So I had Seth try and learn as much as she could from him. Um, but eventually we make it to where they're having the execution. Sed's there. Sed recognizes his mom right away. So you see this <laughs> this old grizzled man yelling "Mama!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to a woman who looks like she's probably in her late twenties. <laughs> um, of course, Tolson's like, "What are you? Why are you calling her Mama?" Yeah, don't say that. It's yeah, weird. That's weird. <laughs> Um, but, uh, 
as we're reaching uh, said, oh, time for the counterattack. Gotza shows up, and all their armies just come out. So here's my thing. They have these drills, right? They have yeah, these drill right through the earth. They drill through the earth. These giant drills that you can ride in, that drill right through the earth. Within thirty minutes, go clear across the 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 continent, and then just show up perfectly in Ura. And I'm just like, why don't we have one of those? Why does everybody else walk to where they're going? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they they surprise attack. Bam, bam, bam. Here they come, and now there's I like a sh- that. It definitely feels like a siege too, with them like launching the, launching the ropes and the harpoons, and then traveling up them. Yeah, because they got to climb this giant tower. Yep. So um, there's giant battles going on. We're running into dudes. I had a fight with, with enemies from both factions who were fighting themselves and also fighting me at the same time. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I wasn't sure. At first, I was attacking, and then I was, as soon as I saw them attack each other, I'm like, well, maybe I'll just try defending and letting them kill each other. Yeah. But that would have taken way too long because they were attacking me as often as they were attacking each other. So I I kind of just kept things even between the two. I mean, it, it turns out it wasn't extra difficult or even that much easier with the fact that there was two different armies there, but it did kind of give it a nice... I th- I thought I was kind of siding with Goza against Ura, but then I was like, I don't know, I'll just let's kill them both. Yeah, you, you pretty much have to. But yeah. um, we make make it to said, um, and uh, we uh, rescue him, and then we uh, we try to get out. We try to try to get out of there. Uh, Go back into the the shadows, basically. Make it to the sewers is where we're trying to get to, which is what we do. Um, now, I'm going to pause there to switch over to another few characters. Kaim and Sarah have been projected off. We don't see them... Well, no, we do. Or, no, no, no. The whole running past the freezing train, that's before they run into Cook and Sarah, or Cook and Mac, right? Yep. Yeah. So we don't that, see... Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. This is the last time we see Kaim and Sarah during the rest of my playthrough, at least, here. Yeah, I was going to say, I, when you started to say Kaim and Sarah, I was like, oh shit, I don't remember what happened to them. I thought they just disappeared. Yeah, they got they got projected, and we don't see them for the rest of this play session. Um... Cook and Mac, uh, they are now on basically an abandoned half of a train. So they're like, well, we can't just stay here. It's freezing. So we need to find shelter somewhere. So they're going to continue walking the tracks themselves. Um, and a few times they pass out. Mac passes out one time. Cook tries to get him up. And then finally Cook passes out and Mac tries to get her up. She doesn't get up. He cries out to their mother and, uh, well, 
Not going to happen. So fade to black there. They're in the, the freezing cold. Uh, cut to Jansen and Ming. I'll go there next. Uh, Jansen and Ming wake up. Everything's frozen, but not entirely bad. The The brunt of it has, has kind of uh, lifted a little bit. Everything's still frozen solid, but uh, we're still running around um the 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 hardcore frozen damaged uh goatsa yep um so bad that the elevators are frozen to where we can't go up or down anymore we're just kind of stuck in low town um and uh we do run into a part of the town that has been affected by it but people survivors are kind of like you know just Gathering to uh, to try and figure out what to do next. So we're like, okay, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do like their their moments that they had where uh, Jansen walked in and he was singing, and you know they start to. I mean, I guess they've always been kind of close, but it seems like they're getting a bit closer. Yeah. But, um, so I guess so we, we just, we figured, well, we got to find the rest of the party. We know it. Cook and Mac went off on the train. So did Kaim and Sarah. Let's try and find them at least. So they start walking the tracks <laughs> just like Cook and Mac was. Um, eventually. After walking and walking and walking, uh, they get attacked by a ice spider. Um, that's a boss that we have here. Um, oh no, no, this is after they run into Cook and Mac. That yeah, they find Cook and Mac, and as they are getting them and and helping them up, that's when the spider attacks or the whatever this thing is attacks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely an ice spider. Yeah, so uh, I have four, three, three mages in my party, and one person who can punch occasionally. Yeah, when when this game split us up in groups, it definitely did not give us balanced groups, right? When you've got Seth and Tolton, you just have two fighters, and then when you end up with everyone else, it's just mages. I thought that, you know, obviously that must have been a choice, but I, I thought it was an interesting one. I think it's a bad choice, if you ask me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not my favorite, but, I mean, they could have easily split it down that line and given us, you know, a balanced party. I'm not exactly sure why they would choose not to. I'm not entirely sure either. They really love mages in this game, and that irks the crap out of me. <laughs> because while I like mages too, a balanced party has two tops. Yep. But um, anyway, so we have the fight with the uh, the ice spider, and I died here a few times because, uh, and it's all random. This this spider will 
uh, cast Reflect, which is the first time I ran into this spell. And Reflect... Yeah. It basically reflects any magic attack that, that you've done back onto you, or back onto your party. And seems to amplify it? I don't know if it amplifies it, but... Because it did way more damage to me than I was doing to it. Yeah. And... The problem is, is that Reflect lasts forever, I guess? <laughs> the rest of the battle? So, I just had to do physical attacks to this thing? And, well, the only person who can do physical attacks that does halfway decent damage is Mac. And he's not doing a lot. I I thought that Reflect only lasted like one turn. No, boss. No. I could swear it only lasted one turn for me. Well, I can guarantee you it didn't. <laughs> so it's like it, it, I don't know if it if it does have a time limit or a turn limit, but if it does, I never ran into it. Because I assumed it was a damage limit because he had it until I until I hit hard with my with my physical attack, and then I thought it said, you know, re- reflect is is gone or has ended that I don't know Hmm. I know I got hit by reflect multiple times and I was like well I hate this yeah I only hated that I had preloaded my attacks right and sometimes he would get reflect just before Jansen was about to go off and uh, I definitely paid for that yeah but I was able to beat it after about the third try, I think. Um, we'll stop there. We'll come back in a second. <laughs> Cut back to uh, uh, Seth and the rest of her party. Seth now has a new party member. Her son said. Now, I said that Tolton has some really cool skills hmm. that you can learn let me yeah, tell about you said. about said said has abilities i didn't even know existed yep so said has abilities like you can now use two items per turn or an ability you gain double the sp after a battle double everything basically with double this guy. the gold Double the material drops. It is fantastic. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) As long as you have him in your party, you get all that stuff. Now, I don't think I'm going to have him in my party all the time, so I'm giving them all to Seth. I was going to say, yeah, you can start that process, but it takes ages. It Well, not, not necessarily, because... As I was running around this sewer area, I was getting 10 SP per battle. 10 battles, I've already got the double SP. Yeah. So, I was able to do that, and I'm kind of golden now. All I need to do is, you know, have a few battles. I don't know if I'll ever use that again. I don't, like I, I, I couldn't tell you. But, um... But yeah, I made sure I got the double SP at least. Uh, I also, Jansen learned a really nice ability, the double accessory. 
Yep. And I have tried to teach it to all my immortals as well. Yep, me too. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some good ones here. Any skills that start as doubling, I'm in. Yeah. Double, double anything. Double everything. So, um, and the other really unique thing about Seth is that he is a ranged character. He uses a gun. He's also in the back row, and apparently, because he's using a gun, uh, it doesn't care if something's in the back row. It does full damage. Yep. So that's nice. And also doesn't miss as much, because in, in this section there was a lot of flying enemies that I was missing on. I think mostly with... Uh, I'm not sure. I was missing a lot on the flyers, though, and he would be able to finish them off easily with that gun, which yeah. was quite helpful. Yep. So, um, but yeah, the we're running through the sewers here now. This dungeon, I got annoyed by this dungeon. <laughs> I understand what they were doing, and it was smart what they did, but it was basically in order to get to where you need to go, which you can totally see right now. You have to go all the way around, and then raise some things and lower some things, bring the water up, bring the water down, and then come all the way back around and go back up. You know, it's one of those, like, yeah. you're unlocking shortcuts as you're going through. That shortcut you won't use until, like, the very end kind of thing. Um, but I didn't think it was too awful bad. It was okay. It was just long. This dungeon was... Yeah. This dungeon yeah, felt like... It felt like, oh man, go, 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 go. And then this dungeon was like, stop. Go at a snail's pace. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the, one thing I forgot to mention is that when Goatza attacks uh, Gongora as a, a safety measure, summons these for the lack of a better term, Metal Gear Rays out of the sky. <laughs> uh, they look like Metal Gear Rays. <laughs> they are beast monster creatures. Um, yeah, I was just say mixed with a shark. Yeah, that uh, that fight uh, the Goatza army. And uh, they're all running around the city too. Now, I say that to say this. At the end of this dungeon, we fight one of those things. But we fight it sort of. in a very unconventional way. Yeah. So we can't do anything to this monster. It's giant. It, it like it, it 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 laughs our attacks off. Now we actually were doing damage to it, though. I thought. I, I could you kill it? I don't think you can. Because it's not like I assumed that if you can't kill something. That you're going to do zero or one damage, and that's your indicator that you can't kill this. Find another mechanism. Sure. But we were still doing, like, 200 damage a hit or so. As soon as they mentioned the, the, the other thing to hit, I just started doing that. Yeah. So there uh, there is a mechanic in this boss fight where uh, you have the monster you can attack or this crane that has, like, these three missiles on it. It's like it's like at a loading loading area for a ship. Um, and uh, you have to power up the crane by attacking it. Uh, unfortunately, 
the the melee characters can't reach it, so you have to either hit magic or use Seth's gun to attack it. Luckily, I had Seth with uh, some level three black magic, so they were doing some pretty good charge up, uh, and I was able to um, to drop the missiles onto the uh, the monster uh, as he was shooting out his laser beam that was going to annihilate us. Yeah, his Godzilla breath. Yeah, so uh, uh, that boss fight was actually pretty easy. Yeah, my only problem there was I couldn't actually tell if I was doing it right when I was hitting the crane because it didn't it didn't like do anything. It like my magic just kind of fizzled a little bit. Right, and but so it was, I assumed you, that's you, what I had to do. Well, you saw it was it was. Bringing the bar up, right? Uh, there was a I meter. Yeah, I felt like I was doing some attacks that weren't doing that. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, yeah. Uh, and we 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 are in this loading area dock because that is where Sed's uh, ship is. So we jump on said ship, and we do a quick time mini game. Yeah, yeah, it really felt like Zone of the Enders here. Kinda. This this game turned into to a, a mech game. <laughs> um, yep. You got these 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 monsters chasing us. That one of them we just fought. There's like three of them chasing us. They're trying to attack us. We're in the ship that can like morph. And uh, we're trying to escape, and this little quick time event cutscene has us either pressing a button or mashing on a button uh, to a timer, basically. And I missed one prompt, and I didn't miss it. I totally hit Y when it popped up, and it said I did not hit Y. And I was like, that's a freaking lie. <laughs> but I did take one hit this entire time. Yeah, I did as well. I took one. But we escaped the sewer, fly off into uh, into the sky. Excuse me. Land into the water, and we have escaped. They have a nice little cutscene. Tolton realizes because they're, they're said especially is goading him about calling him your highness, your majesty, and stuff like that in a very sarcastic way. And um, Tolton's like, "Look, I'm I'm just a man." <laughs> I, it's funny because the way he says it, like, yeah, I I get that the point was that he was kind of renouncing it a little bit. But in my mind, that that should have been said with with a lot of smugness. I'm thinking of Phil Hartman. I'm just a man. I'm just a caveman. And I was expecting that to be like comical more so than it than it was. I think they were just trying to be serious. They're trying to give him a little story arc. Yeah, I, Tolton's just not not an interesting enough person to to play that up and be sarcastic about it. I guess. Yeah. Uh. He, and he also mentions, he's like, uh, I want to be a brave man. <laughs> I like how they're like, well, you j- you actually have to be brave then. Yeah. Yeah, she had to show it. So, 
eh, good for Tolton, I guess. It was a nice little story arc. Him just like realizing yeah. I'm, I'm not a king. I am just a guy, and I've been bamboozled, and I want to make up for it. So yeah, I say good on him. Uh, now cut back to Jansen, Cook, Mac, and Ming. They are still on the tracks. They're saying, where's Kaim and Sarah? They're like, I don't know. They they kept going down the tracks. Uh, this place is freaking freezing, Mr. Bigglesworth. We need to leave. So they leave. I do like Jensen. He's like, ah, Kaim's immortal. He'll be all right. It's just, it's just like, I'm just like, well, okay. Uh, so uh, we leave the track and run into this little makeshift tent village of some of the uh, goats of survivors. Um, and we can run here. We can rest. We can we can buy some more things. Uh, there are a couple of side quests that you can do here. I ran into some of them and said, yeah, I'll never do that. Um and then uh, we run into a drunk guy who is stumbling into town. And he mentions, I can't believe that train uh, crashed out there. And they're like, what train are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, a train that went eastward. And we're like, okay, cool. That's got to be Kime's train. So let's go find it. So we go back to the world map. Uh, and we run into the crashed train site and, uh, no one is there. The trains crashed. They're like, Hmm, maybe they got, you know, pushed underground cause the train's going down underground. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah. They it? said what? There's like a cave under it and it may have like landed on the top of the cave, which yeah. seems a little arbitrary that it happened to crash where there happened to be a cave. Unless, unless the whole place is kind of full of caves. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But they're like, yeah, we can we can check underground. There's a cave entrance right there. Okay, well, let's go up under there. Go inside the cave. I go inside the cave, get into my first battle. Three of my party members die, and Ming is the only survivor. And I say, well, looks like I'm underleveled. I then leave the cave, save my game, and here we are. I thought I I thought I could stop grinding in this game. <laughs> that's what wishful thinking, I guess. That's what everybody told me. Well, that that is that is a bold faced lie. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I was wanting to finish disc three today. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, I know that the the end of disc three is after this dungeon. And I tried my best to get there. I made it there and sat down with about 40 minutes before we recorded. Got the crap beat out of me and said, well, I've got to grind. And there was no way I was going to grind and then go through this dungeon. So I stopped. Yeah. Um, so so we're basically back in sync because I'm, I'm still in that dungeon. Yeah. I made it most of the way through, but... Uh, yeah, at least it's not as annoying as falling through this the magical 
invisible holes. Yeah, that's, that was fun, right? So this this kind of felt like it's that, but not as annoying. Okay, cool. Well, what is annoying is the enemies in this, because they wreck me. It also doesn't help that I have three party members who are mages who have very low hit points, and the only person yeah. that has high hit points, I can't just have him in the front row. Right? Sopping up all that damage? He's not stopping up any damage. He gets hit three times and he's dead. <laughs> and that's it. And, oh, and so I did do a little bit of grinding before getting on the show. Every time I finished a fight, two or three of my party members were dead. Guess who didn't level up because of that? Those three oh. dead party members. This is going to take forever. Yep. Yeah, you need to do some leveling. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. Miss Walker. I just, you know, I like I don't get it. Like yeah, give me th three casters, technically four casters. The one's a monk, but come on, he's not going to do that much damage. I don't know. That 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 really irks me. And I'm just like, yeah, cuz I'm like I, it, yeah, I, I had two party members level up twice, but the same two party members who are not leveling up keep dying during battles and they Be don't Because they're experience. not leveled up. Exactly, because they're not leveled up. So, I don't know. I have I have a bad taste in my mouth after this play session, and I'm just kind of mad. That is a tough way to end it. Yeah. And there also were no dreams this entire play session. In fact, there yeah, were no I dreams the past two play sessions. I was also going to say... I, I, I mean... it. So I, I strongly felt that for a while... There were also no random pickups because early on in the game, there's so many things to like bash and pots to loot. And then I felt like there was a long time where they really kind of cut that out a bit. But like, like, it, like in this dungeon that, that that I'm in right now, I don't think there's any. And it, in some ways, I, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. So maybe I just happen to be in a point right now where it's not happening that much, but. I want to believe that they said, all right, you're at the three quarters point. We're going to pick up the pace a little bit and have you waste a little bit less time. I don't know if that's an, kind of an intentional choice or if it's just, you know, a, a random ebb and flow of, of where I am. So I'm not, I'm not totally sure. That's a good question. I couldn't answer that for you, unfortunately. <laughs> Cause, but uh... in general, I would think that's what you would want to do, right? I mean, you, you've been picking up a lot of things and everybody seems to say the game's going to open up here pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would think if I was setting up a game like this, that you would try to make things move quicker at the end as you're rapidly moving towards a conclusion. But I guess in a game like this, we're still many hours away. Possibly. Probably. I, I, so. I, I, I could see how the, game is going to open up because well we now have a a a flying ship essentially yep um well half the party does the other half doesn't have anything but uh, i don't know we'll see 
Um, I mean, I would assume we probably got we've got a whole other disc to go through, unless that disc is really short. Yep. But uh, I would assume we probably got another hours? T- ten hours, maybe something like that. Yeah. So we'll see, but. I don't know. I, I'm still enjoying the game, but I, I was just like, man, that really took the wind out of my sails with that, just running into those enemies that are just like, come on, guys. I mean, like, I, I fought bosses harder than these. And it's all because you decided you don't have your party members level up at the same time. Yeah. And you also threw a party of three mages and a a, a monk. And I was like, come on, what? Yeah, I, I find that to be one of the strange decisions. I just don't understand why you would want to separate it out. I mean, it, it can't just have been for story reasons. Right, because Tolton, I guess, could have gone with anyone. Oh, I guess he had to go back to confront Gungora. I don't know. They they, they could have they worked it any number of ways, though. I I find it strange that they went... All front line and then all mages. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. But that's uh that's as far as we made it. Uh, no emails this week. Hope everybody's okay. I know Jamie said that she probably wasn't going to be sending one. Um. But uh. So what, I mean, we are wrapping up though. I mean, two two more sessions. You think? I would assume two more sessions. Let me just double check. Yeah, I have no... I have no emails. Um, but yeah, I would assume two more sessions, I guess. Um, hopefully. Do you think there are going to be any major twists left? I mean, there, there must be. We haven't... We, we've had some inklings, but not anything huge. I would assume, but then again, I could just be sorely disappointed. We still don't know what these people are. It was aliens. They're aliens? They're just aliens, is that it? In my mind, they are. Okay. Um, and we don't know where they came from, why they came here, what their original mission was, how everybody betrayed Gungora, or vice versa. I don't know. Yeah, p- poor Gungora. Yeah. He's really, the, uh, he's really the victim in all of this, I think. So, I don't know. If it turns out Gungor's the good guy, great. So far, he's the best character in this entire game. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, I'm pretty eager to to see it out. I'm I'm enjoying the ride. Starting to maybe stagnate a little bit, but you know, also I'm looking forward to things opening up because I am happy to reap the benefits of some of the grinding and the extra SP and I want to get more people with double everything yeah yeah me too but I guess we'll wait till next time Uh, if you would like to send us an email it's drew at ztgd.com you can also tweet to us I am at uh, Drew Leachman, Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. 
But I think that's going to be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Not 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 too short of an episode, fifty five minutes right now. Um, there was a decent amount to cover, but uh, we'll see how that pans out in the next episode. Until then, I am Drew, and I'm Matt, and we're gone. Guys, have a great week. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Lost Odyssey.